Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pit Against, a live flesh and blood call-in show. I'm joined by my constant co-host, Kevin Smurf. Murphy, Kevin, what's up? Yo, hello. Uh, Pit Against is a live call-in show. Uh, if you'd like to be on, join the Pit Against Discord by clicking the link that Kevin is putting in chat right now. Or in the description. <laughs> then join the calls channel, mute your mic, and we'll put your and put your take in the topics channel. Uh, if we like your take, we'll put you in the waiting room, and then Kevin will check to see how your audio sounds. Uh, Kevin the box ko. <laughs> what is the box? Is that a reference I don't get? I guess. Okay, Kevin, you have anything you want? You have anything you want to talk about first? Uh, New cards, new set stuff. Uh, it's been a week and a half about since we had it this. Has. It um, has. They um, came out with Wage Gold, which is going to have a yes. full art treatment, which actually is super cool with the full art treatment. It does. And Universal is broken. A great card. Universal is really interesting. It's really interesting. Black Techs, give it go again. Yeah. Black Tech Whispers. Yeah, that's really good. It gets big. go again with OG Luminaris. There was a specific interaction that I can't remember that's just... There's a lot of cards that'll just be like... Like, there's a lot of non-attack actions that just says your next blank attack gets whatever. Like, next your next brood, brood attack, attack next... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attack. All of those are gonna buff it. Um, you can tear us under this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's not like sundering any of the like. I mean, you you would put in a different card other than this, other than the fact that it does say wager. That might matter for uh, Queen Betsy. For Betsy, but, yeah, Betsy. Betsy's gonna be but, interesting. Betsy's gonna be interesting. Oh, Betsy's gonna be interesting. Oh. We got hmm? we got Dex in the chat. What's up, Dex? Oh, uh, hello, Dex. Dex, if you go to our Discord link uh, in the chat, in the de description, uh, we can pull you. If you have a topic you want to talk about, put it in the Something topics channel. To Something spicy to talk about. The new set related, hopefully, as as the... How many like big non shadow brute players are there like how many like notable brute players dex Two, me three <laughs> wait, wait hold on a minute that counted up really quickly after i said that <laughs> i don't know if i can call myself a brute player and i can't say that i won a big event on a brute I but mean, yeah uh, savage lane news won... nathan have you won more money than any other brute player? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Like you I actually might I have... won I won so many tickets that I bought enough booster packs that I got a Arcanites Grabbies and Arcanites sold or... that. And then also yeah. got the gold foil from the event. The gold foil silver palms from Is the that, UPF event. Yeah. How do you how do you pronounce that? Is it Jose Joe's? I don't know. I'm so bad with names. Lau? Who is that? That name oh, sounds okay. familiar. Uh, Chandler Toe as well, um, who won Calling San Jose. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. That's interesting. All right. Uh, I guess do we want to get our first caller? Unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about? Sure. He's in the wrong chat, but yeah. <laughs> Calling him out. All right. You go get him. Yeah. I'm going to read I'm going to read uh the followers we've gotten recently. I give a okay. shout out to Ag Toaster. It's like egg toaster but ag. Uh and then we also have uh M Imka E M K A Imka and Zolor Zoller Color Zoller C O L O R If I'm if I'm if if anyone puts like a really like innuendo of a name uh in their name I'm just not going to probably get it Oh man Oh my gosh we got Reinar Saros as a new follower. Oh my gosh, what has happened to my... Kevin, what are you doing? Where's Kevin? Yes, oh, no. give me your video. That one. Oh my gosh. We need to start doing like another... Uh, like also send each other video through another source like Skypers. I don't know. Um, okay. Maybe. We'll we'll work on that for next time. But right now we have a new call. We have a caller on. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? Can you hear him and I can't? I can hear him. You can hear him? Why can't I hear him? Oh my gosh. Uh, I can hear know. both. Oh, now I can hear you. What the frick? Okay. Yeah, it's only for special people. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. As as a non-special yeah. person. Yeah, now you're special, one of us. Oh, okay, cool. I'll take it. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 I assume you already said what your name is and where you're calling from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's called Kartenauge, and it's from Germany, so don't try to pronounce it. Kartenauge. How close was that? Yeah, it's pretty hard. Just just for me, cards, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I had a discussion with, with a friend of mine uh, a couple of days ago, and he was saying, yeah, um, the effect of Betsy is just a worse Bravo effect. So Betsy will not have an impact on the meta, and I disagreed. Ooh, okay. Uh, your opinion. Get, uh, elaborate um, uh, more for us on, on your opinion of this. Yeah. Um, my opinion is, say... I mean, Bravo is not close to LL, so there's no reason to print something so similar to Bravo if they both have like the same effect, and obviously Bravo has a better one, arguably. But I think one of the changes will be uh, that make an impact are maybe more specialization cards, or maybe uh, Betty uh, only weapon. Because otherwise there would be no True. reason to print Betsy in my eyes if you have Bravo and he has great cards currently with Starstruck and obviously Crippling Crush and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, I, I'll, I'll start real quickly. I think Betsy has a better ability than Bravo because uh, other than, you know, the wager, the fact that it works on wagers specifically, right? Yeah, whenever you attack, attack you control wagers. As long as wager cards are fine... Her ability is just the ability to give blank blank to a card is better than Bravo's because overpower might be worse than dominate, but plus one is huge. 
like just an additional point of value each time you activate the ability is already much bigger than Bravo. Uh, it, it changes all the breakpoints because everyone has built their guardian sideboard to deal with the Bravo breakpoints, to deal with eight, to deal with six, to deal with five and like four. And then suddenly all those breakpoints change. Like dealing with seven, like if you can Betsy mm-hmm. Terrace under Anathos and it's wagered, like making it eight versus seven is something that people aren't prepped for. So I, like, I agree with that. you, but it only matters if it has an on-hit effect, right? Sure. Uh, kind of, yes. Um, I mean, but that's all Guardian attack actions. Well, it's whenever an attack you control wagers. You may pay so two. all attacks with this. All attacks and wagers, yeah. Are and going I mean, to have odd hits. <laughs> there will be a lot of wager cards. We know that already. But the thing oh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Wager specialization Bravo has, for example, Starstruck and Crippling Crush, are like yeah. really, really good cards. Yep. And to, to get ahead of Bravo in a different way, maybe, to, to, to be the same, you need to have cards that, even if you do one more each turn, it's not disruptive. And I think the disruptive point of Bravo needs to be addressed that Betsy is playable, otherwise they will just play Bravo because of the disruption, obviously. And I think that the weapon Betsy gets could play a huge role in how you play her. And maybe you get a, a, a special one-handed weapon for KO too, because currently we don't have like a good weapon for him. Mandible Claws, probably. It, it's probably just going to be probably. Claw, if that's one-handed anyways. But it would yeah, be, like it would be interesting for both of the arts to have mandible claw in them and then that not be the weapon he plays i guess mm-hmm. i mean how many weapons we're getting four weapons this set right i, I mean uh six I sorry six like enough like one really? per hero uh, or is it going to be like um or is it going to be like monarch roots oh like tails where it's like each hero has a weapon and then each hero has a majestic weapon I don't well, think there's maybe. Any majestic weapons. I, I think for six heroes, majestic weapons takes up a lot of slots. Well, I mean, it would be like four weapons, one for each class. Or, I'm sorry, three weapons, one for each class. And then three weapons. But, but yeah, but, but double classes cannot have an, a weapon, I think. So they will do it uh, hero only. Right? Are we going to have double? I don't. I don't think we're having. I don't think we're having dual class heroes because we've already seen both warriors. Unfortunately, made me sad. I've never been so sad to see a hero be announced before when they announced uh, Gladiator Boy, up Olympia. Olympia. Uh, I was like, God dang it, <laughs> frick. I don't. Uh, I think we all know he's just called Spartacus, right? <laughs> sure. Um, I don't, so I guess circling back, like, yeah, the on hits for Bravo that he gets from crippling a Starstruck are 100% relevant. They're also the most expensive cards in his deck. They're not what he's doing a lot of the time. He's relying on, he, he like, and Betsy still has access to Terra Sunder, all the other Guardian Crush cards, Spinal yeah, Crush. Crippling Crush. Yeah. Crippling Crush is not there, but yeah, like, I know. Uh, a spinal crush, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Spinal yes. crush is there, like choke slam, debilitate. All of those cards are still there. 
Um, Bet Big is still there and curves extremely well with her ability. It's a three card nine with overpower and with her ability. might yeah. and vigor. Yeah, curving with her ability. Like it's it's really good. That's a actually. very it's and a very efficient I, I, three cards. It's like, not like it's not disruptive, which is one thing. You know, I mean, normally it is value. Like, um, it's close yeah. to a three card like 13 it's interesting because we haven't I, had I, a mid-range meta in for like a value-based meta since like uh like since before monarch maybe like a true value i'm just playing the yeah. best cards yeah yeah, yeah. and Probably in that sense are we going back to that are we going back to a mid-range I, a meta where that matters i mean ice this is limited set this limited set will be at the very least like I looked at bright lights and I'm like, this is just raw value numbers. Like it just is. That's sure. it. And then I look at this set and I'm like, oh, this is quintessential WTR number game. Like, I I don't know if this shifts CC because I think this was something that um, Runaways talked about today. Um, there need to be more payoff cards for these heroes. True. We've seen Raise the Army for Kasai, which is spend gold, make allies, which these are very powerful allies. They're crazy. Yeah, One they're resource really good. three go again. Ally permanent is nuts. Um, and then Up the Ante is also is Olympia's spec, but it's not a gold payoff one. It's just extra wagers. Where's the other? There's one other gold one, I thought. Um, oh, it was Double Down, which is like kind of a gold payoff, but like yeah, we need there more gold payoff. A lot of, there aren't a lot of payoff cards or like big power cards in this set yet. Spoiled where yet. Where I look at them and I'm like, this is what's going to change CC. Like I look at this set and I'm like, this is a great limited set to bring people into the game and like just teach them fundamentals of flesh and blood. Double Down's really good. <laughs> double Down is really good. I'm looking good. at Double Down now that we know like all the the wagers and you know the tokens and stuff like that double down is looking much better than the first double time down I saw is, it. it's looking insane yes yeah um, also talk like, a big game is the funnest card but okay go ahead what what were you saying yeah but like i don't know how this moves the cc meta it's like if you want to say that like betsy like they're trying to like put betsy on a different axis from bravo where bravo is these actively disruptive on hits and Betsy is trying to be more value based on hits because you get a Vigor token and suddenly you have two card eights that have crush on hits that are not the craziest value. They're choke slam and debilitate, but those are two card tens. Yeah. If you just send them and you Holy have frick. the token, like you're, you're, Betsy is trying to do what Bravo does with Tunic, except she can do it True. every turn. God damn. That's what. That's what she's trying to do. So I don't think she replaces Bravo. I don't think Bravo is strictly better than her. I think she's trying to do something different, especially yes. like and it, it, it's in her hero ability that it's only for attacks that wager. Yes. Like that's what she is trying to do. That's where she's trying to get her value back. And it's I, all these guardian attack actions that are on four cost breakpoints that suddenly it's affecting and it's like spinal crush becomes a four cost breakpoint and she can use her hero power on it if there's a zero cost wager card and suddenly it's 12 overpower or 13 overpower with spinal crush effect and a wager on top of it insane that seems pretty good and bravo yeah. doesn't really do that no it's different it's it's definitely different it's different 
it is different. Yes. I don't I think, think one is strictly better than the other. Yeah, that, that was my point as well. Like I said, I don't think they will print something that's just straight worse than what's already here. They go different ways, and they show that with like the stealth mechanic and stuff like that, that they go different routes, and they don't have to be better, but different. And that's yeah. what makes Flesh and Blood a great game. We, we all agree uh, that making it go wider is always better than going higher. And I yes. like the Bet Big card. You all saw it already, the Betsy specialization. Yes, it's good. Yeah, I think it's a great card. And what Betsy can do, with what Bravo cannot do, for example, are her wager gold things. You can play a, a full set of cash-ins, for example, and do different kind of turns with still really good attacks. For example, if you see bet, if you see bet big, you have, can have two blue cards, pitch it for a hero effect plus Betsy specialization, or you can, for example, play yeah. tectonic plating. Last turn, you pitched a uh, made, made and search token, and now you can just pitch a blue and bet big, and you have like a, a, pit, a three for eight attack. So good. With it's an really on good, hit. Really good value, yeah. Yes, with an on hit, obviously. It's so good. Um, I think it's a great way to introduce a new hero with uh, a similar kind of ability already in, uh, in the game. Yep. Uh, the only other thing I was going to say is uh, tempo. So Bravo is a tempo deck, right? In the sense that it wants to present a value and reduce your opponent's value so that you end up outvaluing them. That way, Betsy seems to be outvaluing her opponents by having on hits that give her value. If you are required mm. to gain the bonus value by attacking with it, does that make her more of an aggro deck in the sense that you are just building value as you were attacking? Mm. So she's I mean, it's still kind of mid-range, but yeah. Yeah. She's going to be more proactive than like Bravo has overall, but she may not be more proactive than like the Tunic Bravo decks that run Zealous and stuff. Um, it's possible that Betsy still just runs the Tunic package with zealous and cnc pummel and whatnot just because it's too good not yeah to. that was a question i would i would have asked do you think that he she will play pummel because you want to force her on hit effect or maybe oh, even yeah. only or, or maybe only play for example yellow pummels or blue pummels and maybe something like lunch where you just give plus one for zero you know like try to be uh... so lunging press would depend huh? on the weapon she runs yes yeah. bravo i thought it was always off just because it's a zero cost yes. blue two yes. block um, I think we need to see the weapon for that. I think there. I think she absolutely runs pummels. Like, there's no way she doesn't. Like, if the whole th if, yeah, if her pummel. thing is getting wager, getting wager bonus effects. Like, I mean, if you if you look at bet big, you can play the hero ability, or you can have two blues and just say, yeah, maybe I pummel you. I didn't activate my hero, and try to mind game the other one to overblock it, and you just arson it and say, okay, next turn I do it. Yeah, it's classic pummel great, strategy. It's great. Yeah. yeah, and it works great on the card, actually, because it has a really great on it. You activate Betsy when you play the card, is that right? Like, it's like a triggered thing? It is thing? when yeah. an attack you control wagers, so... When does yeah, wager that happen? Is on, on play. When it's attacked. Okay. It depends on the card. 
How would you announce that you would like? I'm gonna play bet big, and trigger so it's not Betsy. On the it's all uh, um, attacking. Uh, attacking only works when she's actively attacking before the defending step. Before before you can put something in, yeah. you have the card attacking and yeah. it has a trigger. So, though you wager. Okay. We've we've seen wager in a couple places. We've seen wager on attack, which is bet big. Yes. So that is before blocks, after costs have been paid. We have seen wager on up the ante, which is the Olympia spec, which is an attack reaction. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot. So about that would that. be a separate. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> that's, that's that's so gross. Dangerous. It's so gross, dude. Um, so it it depends on the card where wager occurs. True. So okay. when Betsy plays bet big, it will be on attack. She will declare what whether or not she's wagering. Uh, okay. Those three makes sense. Uh, All right, and um, if she says yes, I'm wagering this, then she can pay. Uh, thank you for the call. We're gonna move on to the next person. Uh, anything you want to shout out? Thank you. Like our Patreon or you Kevin's Twitch stream? Yeah. Nah, it's fine. You're <laughs> no, great. Okay. Uh, let's keep going. I will obviously stay around. Heck yes! Thank you so much. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Yes. All right, Kevin. Uh, do you want to pull Roger? We're grabbing Roger next. Yeah, we're grabbing Roger next because I already I talked to him much earlier today about this. Um, okay. Sure. And uh, uh, break it up a little bit because this one was about the cards, and this one's going to be about outside the cards. All right. I will go grab him. Awesome. All right. In the meantime, I. What do we got here? So the card that just got announced the other day was by the professor. It was KO and KO Armed and Dangerous, which is so cool. The new brute hero, KO, with more health now. He's got less arm and more health. So instead of at 19 health, he's at 20 health. Only one arm. Attack action cards you get plus one. Uh, while they are in any zone other than the combat chain. And the first time you discard a card with six or more attack, during each of your action phases, create a might token. Uh, Kevin likes the wording on that one. Um, but right now we have a new caller. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hello, my name's Roger. Um, this is my caller. Long time listener. Thank you for taking me. Oh, thank you. Roger, uh, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, I don't know why I did the fake voice. No, that was perfect. It's been so long since anybody's heard my uh, voice on a podcast before, so I wanted to make sure. I don't know. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> oh, um, man. So we're here to talk about uh, Rudy. Is that the yes. plan? Yeah, that's what I wanted. That's that's what I asked for, I guess. Uh, uh, spicy stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, no longer just... Being spicy on the Mannercast podcast, you know, I finally told Michael I'd, I'd make my own personal one and not letting that personal spice go to waste. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, uh, do you want to describe the video real, like, elaborate on what the video like was about and why people were uh, so interested in it? It's a very an interesting video that I didn't expect to see this week. Yeah, so uh, interestingly enough, 
uh, part two of the video uh, went live. Oh shoot! Oh no! Live, but part one, uh, I'm behind. Down. But the, it, it part two, so uh, I just got through listening to 1.5x speed. I guess I only still have like ten minutes left, but um, he kind of recaps the games he didn't talk about in part one. Part one was Hello Kitty, or not Hello Kitty, MetaZoo, and basically yeah. MetaZoo's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after the Hello Kitty fiasco. Um, we talked about magic, obviously, and yep. he thinks magic is going to correct things coming forward. And then a large portion of it then was spent on Flesh and Blood, and that Flesh and Blood box prices have been extremely weak across the board. Uh, he wasn't comfortable selling prices at map to his patrons, especially given that the whole point of his whole Patreon thing is that he sells boxes to you at a discount. Um, so that means he's not going to be offering boxes monthly anymore. He might, question mark, still get those promos and yeah. some deals at releases. But even then, I don't, I'm not, he's not 100% sure about that. So if he's not, I was supporting him on Patreon just because of, uh, you know, the Flesh and Blood promos. It was always sweet whenever he had the release because it was just like the promos were always worth like $100 or $200. So yeah. it's a nice little rebate on buying boxes from him while you know I, I still was giving him fifteen dollars a month so three it was like spend forty five dollars supporting him for three months and then get a hundred dollar promo so like it's still like i don't know it, not, yeah you go up yeah yeah a little bit but not not crazy uh but yeah so now that that's not happening or is in question i i uh, am no longer a patron i still love rudy and i think he offers a unique perspective on uh, a lot of things that aren't recognized very often. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll see everything in a nutshell. So I think the first thing I'll say on this is I've I met Rudy before, uh, and I am subscribed to his YouTube channel. I find him, he's very funny, very interesting, and I like the guy. Uh, he also has very interesting takes on cards that doesn't necessarily align with me and that's not necessarily a bad thing either uh he's got different motives for being involved in the game than i do obviously um mm. so the second half of that first video was almost entirely him talking about flesh and blood and he was occasionally talking he would talk about other games sometimes mixed into that but almost as like a metaphor back to flesh and blood where he was like i don't like necessarily the direction some of flesh and blood is taking these are other games that did similar things and look at where they are now um which is uh it was interesting you know i mean it's 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 different let's see yeah he said the box prices are really low an example being that um everfest you buy like 40 dollars now you yeah, just buy a box true. for like 40 bucks. If only they released Unlimited, you could probably get it like for $10. <laughs> true, actually. Uh, um, uh, I, oh, shoot. Uh, but yeah, he was just talking about the value in the secondary market and um, obviously his catchphrase uh, game pieces and mm -hmm. uh, just, just the value of flesh and blood cards in general. Now, I personally... I'm a big fan of these game pieces. I've been sure. noted as saying that if it was lucrative enough, I would be super cool with Flesh and Blood being like a living card game where I could just buy the whole set. I don't buy booster packs. Uh, I don't buy boxes. I buy singles of the cards that I want. 
and I'll buy a box if I'm planning on drafting it, or I'll go to a draft, right? So like packs are for drafting is my personal opinion. And so um, I, I understand you do have to like keep the game like you have to make money, right? Like you have to make money. One of the problem with living card games and the model that I really like is it's not always the most lucrative, especially in the long run. Um, so I'm not really a person who can talk about the business side about how a publisher makes money off of a card game. But uh, some flesh and blood cards are a little higher than I would want to pay. Like I still don't have my set of uh, what's the new blue block three that everyone hates? Warmongers. Warmongers. I don't have my set of warmongers yet. That's out of my price range. Uh, but I understand you probably do have to have some cards that are kind of expensive. Sure. So basically, the tension. It's also a perspective of what are you spending your money on when you buy a flesh and blood card. So if if you if you do view it as just like a game piece or just like an experience for that moment, then it's no different than like spending money on going to a movie or buying a DVD or video game or something like that, where it's just treating it as a very you know intermediate, just short term perspective on the pieces of cardboard that you're handling almost like a consumable exactly yeah so i think what his perspective is is not just like from like a collector or or like an investment strict perspective it's you know as somebody who played magic gathering for a decade i spent probably close to like ten thousand dollars on that game easily um on just buying sets over the course of like 10 years like that's a thousand dollars a year so that's not even like insane if you think about it it's like traveling to a couple of events and then buying a couple boxes and then buying like uh, a couple singles here and there like it all adds up and at the end of it i my collection was worth maybe like a thousand dollars so you know like that that's just money that i threw away basically on those pieces of cardboard whereas if you know, Wizards of the Coast went in a different direction in, like, over the course of those 10 years. And, you know, maybe my cardboard doesn't have to be worth, you know, $20,000, but it would be nice at least if it was worth like five or six, like some in the middle range where I wasn't just strictly losing as much money as I was when I was purchasing these pieces of cardboard. And that's kind of what happens in the long run when cards kind of become not collectible or tradable it's just like then they're just immediate commodity game pieces you know i I, he says that very derogatory (laughs) yeah uh uh, derogatorily uh but you know it's just a different perspective on things i guess i don't know if you've ever thought about it 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 it's harder for me to think about i guess because if i would buy a box and put it in a plastic case it's because i really want to draft welcome to wraith in 15 years yeah uh yeah i have, uh, I have some boxes of magic the gathering original Dominaria yeah from like 2000 oh that's actually really cool i have like a, i have a couple boxes of it just sitting in a closet just for like a rainy day and like if uh, I ever wanted, because it was my favorite limited set of all time. So if I ever just want to go back and just like experience that, I just have it there. And that wasn't just a investment. That was just me wanting that set. Particular. Yeah. Um, 
to to switch gears just a little bit, Pat, Pat, Mr. Pat Smash Good, Mr. Mm-hmm. Off the Rails TCG, uh, brought up a good point uh, that I forgot to mention, which is how much do you think Rudy... I, I didn't watch the second video. I didn't watch part two yet. But how much... Um, well, I guess I guess did Rudy mention he's still not pushing Flesh and Blood, and how is that going to affect Flesh and Blood going into the future? Which is what, interesting. What does it mean for him to like push Flesh and Blood? Like... Um, I mean, he opens boxes on stream. He showed up to events like he was at Baltimore. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I... There was there was a fluke in box did a video about it, and I watched yeah, that I watched one too. And he made some good points, which was like talking about how he's not a flesh and blood YouTuber. He's a CCG YouTuber. And it's not that he's necessarily like uh, getting people into flesh and blood. Exactly. And on that note, I guess kind of why the MNR podcast is on hiatus at the moment or Mavicast. and what we're going to do going forward is we're not going to be a flesh and blood podcast anymore. We're going to be a, a, a TCG, CCG, just card game. Sorcery. Game sorcery yeah. podcast. Yeah. Let's we'll, go. We'll to say about sorcery. I promise you that. Yes. Um, so basically, I, I think it's just the flesh and blood community is very tight knit. and but. It's very it's very hard to, as I'm sure you're well aware, to just like focus all of your content around the game or focus like your yep. your, your LGS in a meaningful way around flesh and blood. And I think that has a lot to do with the price softness as well, because it is just such a small pool of players at the moment. Um, yep. Overall, when there is this abundance of supply, then obviously you know prices are what they are. So. The game can grow, certainly. I definitely believe in the long-term future of Flesh and Blood, certainly still. But as far as where it sits right now with its current demographic audience and you know just how the game functions and the day-to-day, like or week-to-week even, new cycles and cards and things like that, it just kind of gets... Uh, it, it feels, the, the box starts feeling smaller and smaller over time. That uh, it's true, Kevin. Do you have anything to put on this? I know you didn't watch the videos, or haven't you? I have not watched the videos yet. I mean, Rudy. I don't think if he were to leave Flesh and Blood, it would hurt the game all that much. I think he was always great advertising for it, and yeah, brought people. Like, of the reason I got in, so. Yeah, like it's him. Him being a part of it and advertising it, not just to players, but also to collectors who are going to help keep that secondary market healthy because stores. Yeah, because, like, it's it's interesting because, like, William, you talk about, like, having, like, you, you don't buy packs, you buy singles, like, you will draft, and that's it. But yep. for you to buy singles, somebody has to open boxes. And that's the other side of that community is, like, yeah, kind of has to exist to some degree yeah. for the singles market to be healthy. Like, and I, I, I don't know where the balance is for that. I'm not a long-time tcg player flesh and blood is my first tcg like i i don't know where that balance lies but to me it seems like just opening like bright lights i look at bright lights and it's like there isn't enough supply of the singles market even if it is a draftable set 
like not enough people, it seems like they're opening boxes. Like twin drives are still 35 plus dollars last time I checked. Heists are in the 15 to 20 range, which is not what I would expect for these Majestics that are only for a single class and not for every hero in that class even. So like the, the singles market feels like it's in a, like it, it, it feels like there's a weird balance at the moment. But I think Rudy, like, if Rudy were to leave Flesh and Blood and stop pushing it, quote-unquote, I I think the game would be fine, probably. It might grow a little bit slower, and the secondary market might be a little bit weird. But that also means if there's less people from his sphere opening singles products, more stores might be opening boxes for singles to sell. So it might balance out. I don't know. Um I feel I'm like kind of seeing all this happen for the first time. Yeah. So, uh, I feel like one thing that they could—I don't know how you would work towards this. This this sounds almost like an impossible thing to work towards. But if you could work towards, uh, and I don't know, maybe this is a wrong way of thinking. But like, if the average value of cards went up, or the average value of cards obviously staying the same, where the majority of cards value goes up, and then like the high ticket cards go down, like. A hypothetical world where the box stays a hundred dollars but all the cards go <laughs> sure. up in value yeah, yeah. and the high end falls off a little bit mm. that's probably the wrong way of doing it but then opening a box doesn't feel as gambling yes so it, it gets interesting because you look at everfest and it's actually one of the highest value boxes to open because the majestics are all like insane they're all bangers value. like they're almost all yeah they're all great and then the top end of that set is worth less than the majestics like for a long time, the cold foil Starvo was worth less than like Swing Big or Revel in Runeblood. Like, that makes opening the set, like, when the set feels bad to open, like, less players are going to open it. But, like, yeah, you end up with weird stuff happening. And then, like, Bright Lights is also really weird because the chase cards aren't worth a whole lot. There isn't a lot of demand for them, at least. It's kind of the way Flesh and Blood is right now because Pat brought up and him and Cart are talking in chat, and it's like legendaries right now. Like legendaries for uh, not bright lights before that. Um, Dust till dawn outsiders. Dust till dawn outsiders legendaries, pretty pretty cheap right now. I could pick them up, uh, and the majestics are probably more expensive, or maybe even the same price. Uh, which is, I don't know. I assume that might be. I assume that just means that the average box is just going to be closer to value for the average person right like yeah. if you buy one box as opposed to needing to buy several hundred to consistently break even probably the issue becomes how does it feel for a player to open a box compared to an investor to open a pallet true because when you hit that legendary and it was like an hp1 legendary which was probably decent value it was a yeah. Like even those legendaries are still like the weak ones are still like in the thirty to forty dollar range, which is fine. But then you hit Striders, which is a hundred, or Tunic, which is one probably a hundred now off HP one. Like that was great. But you also hit the Majestics in HP one, which are also insane. Uh you brought up an interesting point. Yeah, I brought up an interesting point that I'm gonna put on my bucket list, which is the feeling of opening a pallet of flesh and blood cards. So I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna try to do that. <laughs> At some point. Uh, Roger, do you have anything else to say about it? I know we've just been talking back and forth. Oh, no worries. It's your crazy show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so I guess do you want me to close? I, I can close on two final points. I have one that's uh, number crunchy and hard math based, and there's one that's an incredibly personal anecdote. I like personal math, so I think both of them sound great. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go with the personal anecdote uh, okay. first then, which is uh, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I live in Indianapolis now, but over the past couple of months, I went back home over the course of the holidays, uh, brought my wife and kid, and I just kind of went back and I went and visited uh, the owner of my favorite local game store that I went there. They're still open. Shout out to Ground Zero Comics in Strongsville, Ohio. I love you, Marcus. Um, and I was just shooting the shit with him for a while, and he's still huge into magic at that store, um, has all kinds of magic things over in the wild, and obviously me, being who I am, and I was still making the podcast at the time, I was like, have you ever thought about Flesh and Blood? You know, Flesh and Blood's this weekend. I see you have a little bit in the corner, and he's like, yeah, I lost my ass on Outsiders, and Holy I frick. can't, uh, like... I, I, I don't really want to stock it. So if this next set doesn't do well, I'm probably just done with the product. So uh, Bright Lights probably did not uh, convince Marcus to keep carrying that product. So uh, I guess people who are looking to play Flesh and Blood in Strongsville, Ohio will have to go elsewhere. Um, or or Dust Till Dawn. Or Dust yeah. Till Dawn. Well, it was, it was, it was past Dust Till Dawn. He, oh, he okay. Kind of, okay. He, he's heavy on Outsiders. Yeah. Um, and you kind of scale back a little bit on Dust Till Dawn, and then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's rough. Before I left, that's why I did buy my uh, professor. So we, uh, around the table, I did buy it from him. That did well, yeah. from what yeah. I understand. Yeah. That's what we need to do. We need to transition all the sets into uh, yeah. around the table. Just have the professor designing every product. Yes, the there we go. <laughs> <laughs> And then number crunchy, I just kind of did it off the top. Uh, just went to TCG Player because um, Kevin brought up the price of a couple of Majestics, and I, I think a lot of people wave they point to like Twin Drive or something like that, and they're like, "Look, a thirty dollars Majestic. The prices are fine." And it's like, well, if you look at every single card out of the two hundred sixty-one cards that are currently like two hundred sixty unique cards in the Bright Lights listed on TCG Player. Um, I believe it's like 26 or so are worth more than $10. And that's 10%, like not like 10% of the set. So yeah, it may be less than that there. if they're valid, depending on like what card. Yeah. And, and like I'm being super rare, charitable, yeah. like including like marbles and things like that. So yeah. like not even like the regular normal versions of the card or versions of the cards that people are just, you know, expecting to get on like their regular palettes even yes um so like it, one or two cards in a set i don't think is enough for lgs's to like really sink their teeth into and, and like yep. carry the flesh and blood in like meaningful ways it's like i think there needs to be like ideally there would be like 10 percent of the sets worth like between like this five to twenty dollar range and then like 10 percent of the sets worth like this 20 to 50 dollar range and then like everything else is like either cheap or like a premium marble or something like that i think that would be like a healthy ecosystem but the problem is that flesh and blood and it's just nature of design it's really hard to design sets like that because the cards will always be siloed in whatever class you're designing for so yeah, it's really hard for cards to just be like ubiquitously played and ubiquitously like 
needed for multiple decks, multiple heroes, unless you're pushing generics, which also isn't sustainable. In, in so, it's it's, other, it's know, interesting. Stupid no, no, yeah, like, I appreciate your, it. Your point about yeah, your point about twin drive and heist is 100 right. Like you're the majestics being worth something is good, but when it is only two of the what 40 majestics that they have in that set, like half those majestics are still worth like a quarter or less yeah. at this point, which like also isn't good for players or stores. Yeah. Especially you, when you think about so a lot of those majestics that are like the supplemental sets or whatever, the expansion slots, where expansion they're spot, yeah. purposefully put in the set to be powerful and help support the product. And then yep. they're 25 cents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, I don't know. Some of the, some of the, yeah. Cards on the next set, heavy hitters. Some of those expansion slot cards look. Looks good. Yeah, some of those expansion slot cards look good. So, all right. Well, uh, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out, like our Patreon or Kevin's Twitch stream? Yeah, I love your Patreon and I love Kevin's Twitch streams. They're my favorite things in questions like right now. And, thank you. Uh, I wish you guys a very happy 2024. Oh, and thanks for having me. Uh, your podcast. Um, did you want to talk about that? Or like, when is... What about... Uh, no, we're looking at March. March? PT. That, that yeah, sounds right super cool. Super uh, cool. So that way we'll have some recaps and analysis of when we want to talk about Flesh and Blood, and then we could immediately move on and talk about our favorite things. So. Heck yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited for that. Uh, Thank you so much for the call. Exciting. We'll see you next time, right? Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Talk to you guys later. Talk to you later. All right, do we want to? We we've had Dex waiting long enough. I think it's time we pull him yeah, in, right? I'll go grab him. Anything else you wanted to talk about that? Never mind. All right. I guess we're gonna bring Dex on. If you don't know who Dex is, you should. Right. Um. Dex Rhinoceros Fawn. I said fan Fawn. Uh, he got third at Battle Hard in Pittsburgh. Uh, and he is Reinar. He just is Reinar. He does. He has the best Reinar cosplay. And holy frick. Super excited about this. Uh, as someone who has played Reinar and won a small... Well, I say small. Won an event with uh, Reinar... Uh, big fan he's a big hero very exciting alright they are getting the mic set up and I am trying to alright I assume we might even be talking about KO who I brought up earlier Uh, very interesting I'm very excited about KO um excited about a lot of these brute cards really there's there's some there's just some cards in the set that are just so cool and interesting um heavy hitters with the uh dex yes dex the best reinar cosplayer ever dex he super cool love that guy supposedly he knows kevin uh, and supposedly they're taking a minute getting in here. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, I'm excited to hear his opinion about brute stuff. It would be super cool to hear his opinion about brute stuff after we know what the second brute hero is. As of right now, it is, you know, December 28th, and we know of KO, and that is it when it comes to the heroes. Um, but KO already looks insane. Um, KO Armed and Dangerous's art is insane. If you have not seen KO Armed and Dangerous's art, take a close look at it. Find the full art. It is amazing. Also, unrelated, I'm just going to talk about this for a second. I am so hyped about uh, UPF Draft. UPF Draft, ladies and gentlemen. Eight-person draft. After the draft, you split into two pods of four, and you play a UPF game. Winner of each pod goes on to play against each other in, like, a final death match. You're, like, in an arena, and it's, like, one of those, like, you know, the midday fights where it's just a bunch of people in there killing each other and everyone's watching. And then you end the day on the final match between the top two players from the earlier arena matches. Oh, it's so good. And also, from just a player's perspective, you imagine you're at your armory. And you have two, you have a pot of eight, which breaks down into two uh, UPF groups. Uh, let's say you lose. You lose in your UPF match, right? The person who goes on to win your group ends up like championing, championing, championing your group and going on to the finals. I would be so, if someone, it's like an anime arc. Like if they beat me in the UPF match then go on to the like little final match between the other UPF winner. I'm going to cheer so hard for that dude. I, oh my gosh, that would be so absolutely hype to like, oh my gosh. It's so exciting. I would be, I would be screaming in the LGS. They're going to have to tell me to quiet down. Oh, very exciting. Very exciting. <sighs> Other than that, Ticket Puncher, uh, Grandstand Leg Plate, Stadium Centerpiece, Headliner Helm, Bloodied Oval, these generic equipment from Heavy Hitters uh, all say their defense is equal to the number of opposing heroes with greater health than you and Blade Break. So... They're putting equipment into this set that can be drafted UPF that basically says, you know, in a 1v1, you get plus one, you get a conditional uh, blade rake, iron rot equipment. But in UPF, it is supercharged to a one time three block. You have two of these and you basically have a carrion husk with no downside. Holy frick. It's super exciting. I, I, I'm freaking out about this set. All the heroes so far look super cool. Betsy's cool. KO's cool. Everyone's hyped about Kasai. Olympia is really interesting to me because he only has one simple short line of text on his card. A warrior hero, 4 intellect, 40 health. First time each of your attack, attacks wins a wager, create a gold token. That's it. Create a gold token if you win a wager. I love that. So simple. 
so nice. His art is fairly simple too, but that's not a problem either. It, he still has a lot of interesting stuff. All right. Looks like Kevin's back. Wait. What the heck? Can I hear Dex this time? Because I couldn't hear Roger immediately oh, last thing? time. I think that happens <gasps> every single time you leave. Yeah. yeah, every time you leave. To go to the waiting room, yeah. Hang on, I can't when you, hear William. You can't hear me? Uh -oh. oh, he's got the prop. Can you hear me? All right, hang on. Wait, Dex, can you hear me? Oh my gosh, they can't hear me. Hello? Oh my gosh, I gotta leave. I gotta leave. No, it's me. Is it me? Am I here? Hello? Hello? Whoa. Hello? Okay. Can you see me? Oh, I hear. Okay, we heard him. I hear William. I'm here. I I'm here. I, it was me this time. It was my fault. Or not my fault, but it was oh, my, my computer. All right. Uh, where the frick were we? Um, the video is still popping up. Okay, there we go. Uh, Kevin brought over a caller. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? Hi, my name's Dex Fan. I go by Rhinoceros on all of the, the fab locations, and I am from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, 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 Dex. Huge fan. Anyways, uh, <laughs> what do you want to talk about on this show? I, I kind of goaded you into uh, maybe talking about uh, heavy hitters brute stuff, but what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, Kevin came in and pitched some ideas to me, and apparently what stuck is I think that No Fear is just like a fine card. I think it's okay. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly I what I said. It was a trap. I, a, I, I think it's a I think people I, are going to play the card expecting to win games, and then they're going to be like, oh, I lost. Okay. Why did that happen? Surely I'm, I'm, not no fear. I'm a million percent on this. We had a conversation sure. before this where I was like, I don't know. doesn't seem great. It looks like people are reading into it too hard. And then Kevin's like slowly convincing me to say it's mid. Uh, but the whole time he's like, this is the best card Brute has ever seen. I, I think this is one of the best. This might be the second best Brute card. What? Holy yes. frick. No. Man, no. Yeah. This card is okay. It's, ac it's acceptable. Oh, my gosh. It's exciting because okay. it's a new Brute card. Okay, wait, wait. Before so, we do wait. anything else, before we do yeah. anything else, no fear. It is a Brute instant. That's red, majestic, cost zero. It says, as an additional cost to play this, you may... No, as an additional cost to play this, banish any number of cards with six or more attack from your hand. At the beginning of the end phase, return them to your hand. The next time you'd be dealt damage this turn, prevent X damage where X is two plus the number of cards banished this way. Uh, it's a conditional zero for six prevention effect. Meh. Zero, yeah. It's like uh, a conditional zero for four. Yes. Oh. Wait, it's, which it's, is it's, enough? It's sink below, except for it's not always sink below. So I, it gets it's get better. It gets better the more sixes sixes you have. Wait, can but, you, so here's here's you the play thing. from banished, right? I mean, you play from arsenal, and then you can just banish four yes, cards but right you're also not going to have four sixes in that hand every time 
because yeah, also you are. that hand. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, you are. Every single time. You build your whole deck around this card because you have no fear. If you're four sixes with this card, it's not a hand you want to banish four cards on. So then... I think this is closer to four or five, depending on what the hand looks like. But I think this is just a good card that is going to let you get around CNCs. It's going to let you get around Pummels. It's going to let you get around Crippling Crush. Like, if you get to dodge those effects with it, this card is... Just the anti-guardian brew card. I yeah. Even though brew was already good in a guardian. Exactly. So it's like so people are saying (laughs) it's really good against like crippling crush, right? Or tear asunder hands or Kano, and it's like brew. Not Kano. Not Kano. (laughs) First of all, brute already has a cracked matchup into Kano. If I see Kano's, that's like oh my gosh, he loses to barraging beatdown. You know what I mean? Reinar. Rhinar yeah, has true. a good matchup into That's Kano. Right. That's fair. Levia, not as much. That's fair. I'm speaking mostly to a Rhinar perspective. I, we're we're going to speak to a haven't evaluated how this generic brute perspective. I haven't not evaluated sure. this card for like KO because KO boosts all those fives into like yellows your, your and blues, blues into fives yes. and like they, they become sixes for the purposes of this card. But like yes. if we're if we're talking about like my current Reinar list, which was like what I used for Battle Hard in Pittsburgh, and it's unlikely to change oh, yeah, until, yeah, yeah. until heavy hitters, right? I'm on I think I'm on the lowest six count of like any brute that's yeah. ever successfully played the class. Okay, yeah, that's so, the lines and that all you got and stuff like that, right? That that's right. a question. Is that a deck okay. is okay. that a deck you are playing or is that a deck for the meta of the tournament you were most recently in? Like is that that was is that... the deck for the me- okay yeah that was the deck for the meta that I was that way I was currently in but also I am typically on a more defensive mid rangey okay. build than like I think wild ride and pulping is also are also trap cards but we, we won't get into that until later like the reason why <laughs> pulping pretty good <laughs> pulping is pulping will kill you I don't understand why people are on pulping like it is. I don't understand why people it, are on Wild Ride. I agree with that, but Pulping? Pulping has, like, do- the Dominate go again, which is nice. But also, it, like, it, it doesn't allow you to pivot. It's a card that says, I have to be played in one way. You're either playing this card no or fear. you're wrestling that card. We were talking about no fear. Yes. It's the same oh, logic. No, no, I'm saying it's the same At logic. Me. No fear is a one-dimensional uh, card, just yes. like Pulping. So if you're into no fear, you're into pulping, right, Kevin? Not necessarily. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, uh, I also as think pulping is uh, pulping is not as interesting as wild ride, I guess, with like a berserk new mm-hmm. KO build. Um, as, as an aside, with but, the new yeah. KO, uh, he has gained one health and lost one arm, and I think that is very funny. Uh, but also, also going back to very funny, yeah, yeah. I've lost my arm. Now I'm even stronger than before. Uh, no fear, though. Uh, it's I, I a no fear card. Is, is at its best in KO. This in KO any deck that is running. Yes, this KO. KO armed in and dangerous. KO. Um, it's a deck that's probably running like forty plus six powers effectively between blues and reds and yellows, um, where you can frequently make this a zero for four, but it's prevention. And then it, you, you get the upside of dodging other effects, but like 
I'm okay with that because if this is ever five or six somehow, like it's nuts. Is it though? So like at the moment, at the moment, what KO right. seems to be able to do, like barring mm -hmm. like a blood rush, like a, a big berserk blood rush nonsense, right? Yeah. Is like you, let's say you have this in Arsenal and then sure. you use it, you have four functional sixes in hand, you banish all four of them and then you block for six. Great. That's awesome. And then you go, okay, now I have a four card hand. I go wild ride, claw, swing big. That is, mm -hmm. let's pretend all of those were red. So that's five plus three is eight plus eight is 16. That's like Pretty. one 22 point turn potentially. Pretty easy to imagine plus... big swing as red. And then you'd have to you'd you'd have to have like six mana to pitch into that because that's Yeah. Six you'd have to have things. exactly two so, so while so uh it's just wild ride into swing big. That's thirteen points of non intimidating damage that someone can just go, Okay, you did that once. Sure, here's my hand. True. And sure. then be fine. Right? Sure. It's a four card thirteen, but you're also getting a five card nineteen out of it. With the no fear. With the no fear. So your ideal hand of red ride or die or whatever it's called. Red, swing red big, no ride, fear. Red brood attack. Two blues. Blue, blue. That's a that is actually a really interesting, especially for the season we're in. It's a very interesting Christmas land. Uh, magical Christmas land. Like if 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 it's too inconsistent, sure. But this is probably like I don't know. I look at this card and I'm like, there's something here that can be used. Brute and it is yeah. Brute traditionally I, hasn't been known for uh four card hands, right? So like no, especially back <laughs> no. then it was like it was one card hand, three card hand, five card hands, you know. Back when Brute was, yeah. I was gonna say last played, but when was that? So, um... <laughs> but like, uh, it's so it is interesting. No fear is kind of asking you to, or maybe it is. You just, I mean, but like, that's to get the most value too. Like, it it is it it's not optional. It is banish any number of cards from hand with six or more power. You don't have to banish your entire hand. You can banish three cards and hold the blood rush and not block with it, and this is still a zero for five. I guess even if you just but, banish but one the, card, there's the value. So unless you're like banishing pulpings and wild rides, which have no block, if you're block, if you're banishing yes. three blocks, you like you quote unquote lose value on your defensive turn, right? So like if I banish my alpha rampage and my uh, savage feast, all of a sudden mm -hmm. I can't block with those later on. So if I'm like against, yes. obviously this is a sideboard card. So like I wouldn't be bringing this into like against like a fi or anything. But things sure. with multiple yeah, yeah, chain yeah. links, not yeah. excited about it, right? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no, I it, yes. Like it, if this ends up a sideboard piece because it's like this is an anti guardian or anti, not necessarily even anti brute, but like anti warrior, maybe. It's not blocking. It is. It's not it blocking from instant. hand. It is I don't instant. hate that. I don't hate that either, actually. But, but also, it's... I hate warriors. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um. So like, I. It, it is a little bit. It, it is going to be matchup dependent, but I still think it's like you're getting the way that I'm looking at this is 
you're getting to block with these cards. If you're holding a four-card Blood Rush and you have this in Arsenal, you're getting to block with those three cards and still play them in the Blood Rush turn. So here's the thing. You can still do that if yeah. instead of the No Fear, you just had Async Below. Sure. Like, the, yes. So for this, to, so the way that you're looking at this is this has to be a higher value than Sync Below for it to be good. Well, not necessarily. I, I get what you're saying, but mm -hmm. but kind of. Like, when would I want to run this over a sink below? Kano. You have but a at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you have no. Oasis too. This is not a Kano card. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You're double it's, wildfire, it's and it doesn't it's matter what you do. Yeah, but go ahead. I mean, into Kano, this is you can pitch blue into AB3 and then this for two additional prevention, which is not the worst. It like It, it is a yellow but for the functions like four, of AB. That's like four cards. If you're doing that on your turn, it's just so miserable. It's two cards. It's two cards. You pitch a blue and then you play this uh -huh. for, for just by itself, no banish. Oh, by itself, prevent two. No, you have to banish. Sure. Banish any number. I guess you can choose zero, right? You can banish zero. Okay, yeah, you're right. It just says... Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd rather use this on their turn for the Aether Spindle that's coming in for five. Yeah, dude, it's a it's a red two block. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> why why are we why are we even talking about this? This card's great. It's a red two block. I put this in my draft deck. <laughs> Holy frick. Uh it's I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, it's definitely of the cards that they showed when they released KO. It is not the majestic, um, but it is interesting. It is a majestic. No, it the is majestic, majestic is definitely Bonebreaker Bellow. That card's a majestic. <laughs> Have you, can we gush about that card for a second? That card is great. Okay, we can. Okay, yeah, you two can. Bonebreaker oh Bellow. It's, it's non-random discard. Non-random discard. Okay, blocks three, costs one. Stop me if you've heard this before. At red, uh, says go again, non-attack action. Uh, your next brute attack gets plus three. If you beat in your chest, instead it gets plus five. Beaten chest is additional cost to play this. You may discard a card with six or more attack. It's like Primeval Bellow, except for it's got modes and it, the discard's not random. Welcome to I'm Wraith. Really hoping dude, you, I this hope is just, more this is the power creep that everyone's been talking about, dude. This is <laughs> this is Primeval Bellows power creep. Holy frick! I, everyone's I everyone's selling you. everyone's selling Primeval <laughs> Bellow. They're they're William, they're going cold the, on it. They power crept the first Bellow in Welcome to Wraith. It's called <laughs> E Strike. E Strike is just better. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I'm excited to see more beat chest synergy. Oh my goodness! Because this doesn't check if you used beat chest on this; it checks if you used it this turn. Yes, I I have pointed Which out before really that really interesting. Beat chest might be anti synergistic with uh, other discard effects because it's looking specifically yes. for if you have beaten chest, not if you have discarded yes. a card. Um, yep. Which could be a problem very situationally in the same respect as uh, Wild Ride does not say as an additional cost in the event that you discard sure. Massacre or something. Um, but it oh, even still, true, it's, it's such all a... All those cards say when they're discarded at random, right? Like Skullcrack 
Skullcrack, um, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure about reincarnate. reincarnate. It does. It's discarded. It does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, another example of countering it. Massacre specifies that it's discard as cost. Yeah, an additional cost. It's even more narrow. Yeah. Wait, does that mean it works with this? Wait, what? Wait, Wait but it's not. Is it random? Everyone, everyone's searching a massacre right now. Uh, if massacre is discarded, discarded to, pay to pay the, the cost. cost, brute attack action card. Oh frick! <laughs> so frick. not this one yet. I assume uh, there will be attack actions dude. with the chest on them, though. Wow, yeah, I thought brute was imagine? supposed to be an easy class, dude. Like, <laughs> no, it's an easy game. You see it across the table, and you're like. <laughs> I already put it in, buddy. Uh, but you no, know, you imagine if there's an attack that says beaten chest, and then you can just hand select that massacre and put it in the graveyard and yeah. keep your other card for arsenal or for whatever yeah. you're doing next. That's really interesting, actually. Yes. Oh man, it's. I I I will say as like interesting as No Fury is beat chest and like how that whole mechanic is going to play out is probably like the consistency core that brute wanted just like a like a for an aggro plan like a synergy effect yeah just like kind of like their their value it's like their value game plan like the way azalea works where it's like you have your like sort of non-attacks in your arrows in a way but it's like you have your just core of beat chest cards that all work together what's, what's so they're the just next... turning brute into rune blade when's when's the next <laughs> but well wait no actually wait a second i was gonna say but it beats guardian but like rune blade has technically game plans into guardian like the yeah the hayden del versarai versus oldham matchup that was super cool um just oh, that's interesting. Fire the Guardian. <laughs> how did, so, so Dex, mm. how does it feel to be a Runeblade main? Well, <laughs> I don't die quite as hard to Warmonger's Diplomacy, so oh, <laughs> frick! Until I mean, they play it, are and you, you got running Bonebreaker Bellow. Yeah, now? are you running Blow Bone? <laughs> Blood rush bellow. Wait, hold on Dang, a minute. I have all these bellows are non-attacks. Uh oh. I have thirty non-sixes. Like my Bolton plan is great. It's true. so good. I, I bet it is. <laughs> but um, it's truly, it's very rare that anyone's bringing in Warmong's diplomacy against me. But yeah. um, I think it's almost. A I think it's more effective now. against brute than people like expect. Uh, at least yeah. against Reinar, right? Because you have like the intimidate cards if you're running them, and then you have Blood Rush Bellow, yeah. which this just kind of stops. Um, and then also, if they want to roll scabs, like you can leave them with a four card hand. Like, what are they gonna do? Uh, roll scabs? You can't. So wait, um, uh, did we get a specialization for KO? KO? Not yet. In hmm. heavy hitters. Okay, so we got one for Olympia Kasai, and. Betsy, but we hadn't, we didn't yes. get one for KO. That's really, really interesting. I wonder if it's got like a, a word on it that we don't know of yet. Hmm. That's what a I'm keyword? thinking. Maybe, yeah, maybe we got like a word. A word. A word. Brute, <laughs> what could it be? Brute's got words. Uh, when's the <laughs> next we? brute being <laughs> announced? <laughs> yeah, it's like ah. Uh, isn't that Arsenal Pass doing that like tomorrow or something? Is that, is that tomorrow? 
They said, "Hey, week. Dex, what are you doing Tuesday?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm doing. I, I, the only thing I'm doing is preparing for cosplay in New Zealand. And Ooh, frick! Oh Zealand. yeah, that's super exciting. Uh-huh. Well, uh, we'd love to have you back on. We typically do these on Tuesdays. We'd love to have you back on to talk about the other brute as well. Oh, did sure. we even talk about Ko? What's your opinion on Ko? Ko's sick. Ko that, is. It, I think yeah. it's. He's the Benji of Nin. Of excuse me, of brutes. And I oh, think I heard about that. The, yeah. Yeah. The design. The design space is so cool. He utilizes a lot of cards that weren't. Get they were like draft chaff before, and now people yep. are like looking for blue reincarnate. They're looking for like All the wind up cards. Yeah. Uh, plus, you can run like really cool on hits that have like five power that Reinar wishes he could run, right? Like E Strike suddenly becomes the best root card, literally. Uh, e Strike's great. Um, sensor, sensor becomes incredible because uh, you can go like roll scabs, pitch blue, claw sensor. That's disgusting. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like sensor. Uh, oh wait, you don't like sensor, or you don't like? That's you don't a, like that they get it. Such a mid on hit. Oh my gosh, some people argue that. I they're wrong. <laughs> I think sensors are very good. Car- it's like pithing needle in Magic: The Gathering, if you're familiar. Except for it's only for one turn. No, it's not. It's that's no, not the same thing. No, it's actually, it's so, it's, it no. it's not that. It's kind of no. not that though. There's no way. It's kind of not that. It kind of is. Imagine um, imagine someone plays... Look, imagine if someone plays No Fear and they banish two cards face up and they're like, hmm, okay, let me banish these two cards. Swing big, alpha rampage. And you go, okay, censor. Uh, are you going to let this hit? Is No Fear face up? I mean, how else would you know that they're sixes? Right? Oh, true, yeah. They have to be verified sixes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're revealing information to your opponent. And okay, then, so Pithing Needle... Sure. Are... Also, like, just like sits then on the, the sensor is getting stuffed by the no fear. <laughs> oh, if, if you have like three, this is very specific. I suppose. I, okay, I but but also 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 pithy needle just sits is... on the field and it, yeah. it it continually does the thing. And in magic, some some decks just absolutely fall apart around one card. We're in flesh and blood. Uh, what's the most common card you're going to see in a deck phoenix flame like that's actually the best call that sensor can ever have unironically because sensor is blind without information percent of the time yes sensor is blind 90 percent of the time which means it's going to miss at least half the time and then when it misses it's just a one for five tomorrow 5 p.m by the way yeah thank you 5 p.m is arsenal pass thank you my buddy the armed pit. Um, so I sensor is just too inconsistent for me. And like, sure, if it, if you're gonna roll scabs and go claw into sensor and get a two card eight, great. The best thing you got out of that was a two card eight. <laughs> I think if you land a sensor and then you aimed crack, like you, you're always just you're you're always just gonna wow, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but if you just name the card that you're like most not wanting to see. Then you've either again you've gotten that two for eight or a one for five is fine, or you get um, it's a two card five. What if they're guardian yeah, and you hate I mean, to see everything? Most of my turns are a two card <laughs> six. It's not like it's like not that not that it's not as bad. Oh, you sure. do have a roll of dice though. I'd when rather I... block six with it and the other card. 
Brute just keeps like as as honestly just a guardian main. Brute just keeps doing this thing where it is just riding the line of man, that would be that is like so close, so close. to just it's <laughs> so close to just being like uh, that's it. I'm selling all the Terra Sunders and I'm going KO. Like it's so it's so close. It's just not quite there. Oh man. Well, I need I need Brute to stay bad in the public eye so that it can continue <laughs> doing well at events and being. <laughs> that's well that's known. the big brain strat. That's the big brain strat. Is there a world where you switch from Reinar to KO? New I've KO. been looking for a backup hero because I've just my I'm I'm wondering if my my locals are getting tired of me playing Reinar every week. Um, Will they get tired of you playing KO every week? Uh, you know, we'll well, we'll figure uh, it out. Uh, when it actually, happens. actually, to take that back, if Brute's bad, which makes it good to bring to tournaments because people aren't expecting it, people are expecting it at your LGS, so it's actually bad because they can prepare for it. I suppose. So why are uh, so then why would they be bored of you being playing Reinar? You're the free win at the table. Uh, no, no, according no, no, no. to <laughs> your math, right? I've lost. I've lost three or four matches at armories since oh I started gosh. playing. Uh, oh my god! I go goodness. to two armories per week. It is holy frick. Yeah, <laughs> disgusting. Oh my gosh. Where All right, go? Dex, don't come to my locals. Um... You can't call Rose Smith a soft local. True. Fair. <laughs> We may not have like Michael Fung, Mar- Mara Ferris nonsense, Mara but we Ferris. got some heavy hitters up here. That's that's actually why uh, that's actually why Kevin's in a different location right now is he's trying to get away from Mara Ferris uh, armories. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think uh, uh, very briefly. I think the, yes. the thing about playing brute and playing these classes that people perceive as like not as good as the rest of the meta is is like there's not that many people in flesh and blood because we have a smaller community than magic gathering there's not that many people who are like brewing actively with like a high level of game knowledge or like understand like most of the fab community is looking at what won most recently and that is the meta like tree frog dash arrived because someone won with it and they were like okay now this is a meta deck if no one won with that, that would just be a fringe UPF deck or something. Still is. Um, well, actually, I was yeah. saying to Kevin for a while that I was like, if I wasn't doing content creation, I would be breaking Reinar right now. Uh, and neither of those things were ever going to happen. Me breaking Reinar yeah. or probably stopping content <laughs> creation. Uh, but uh, it is... a pretty good it, Reinar deck for UPF. I... I had the best Reinar deck for UPF. Uh, but now now Bravant exists. I don't want to play anything else True. other than Mono Chivalry Bravant. All Chivalry Bravant. All yeah. Chivalry Bravant. <laughs> it's all I want to play. It sits on my desk. I stare at it every day. Uh, it's so good. Um, Block nine right. for other people. Swing seven. Yes. Yeah. Or Pretty you know, good. block with some of your other equipment too. I've I've hit for nine off of one card before. That felt so good. Um <laughs> Yes. So uh now that we've devolved into talking about UPF again, I think I think it's probably time to wrap up this call, I guess. Uh thank you for the call. Is there anything you want to shout out? 
Um, I hear you have a really nice Patreon, and I really like Kevin Smurfab's Twitch channel. <laughs> and I also uh, hear that the Manor cast is starting up again in March, and they're pretty sweet. So... <laughs> Ah, uh, I'm gonna be listening to it. Heck yes! Oh, thank See? you, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll catch you Tuesday, same time. Yes, I think I can make that happen. Oh, that would be so awesome! Uh, be exciting Reinar. to see. It if it's a reprint of Reinar, I'm gonna be grumpy. Uh, not that grumpy because <laughs> we for got like half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I tweeted something like, "I'm gonna be grumpy until I go home and have a Capri Sun." Uh, but <laughs> they confirmed that it was like three returning heroes and three non-returning heroes, right? I have not. I haven't seen. But it. is Kasai considered returning? Is Ko considered for returning? Kasai or Ko? Yeah. So Ko and Ko. Well, they've Kisai already revealed four, and all four of them are technically new in my books. Some I guess returning name, but not. Do you guys remember so the weird. the? Fab tweet that had like the one million five hundred thousand dollars of prize. Get another like, Bravo with sorry, Angry Brabant or the guy that looks like Angry oh, Brabant. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, we were talking about that. Um, so people were saying that he's not Brabant, and I don't some think people is. are thinking that he's the brute. Interesting. Uh, so, I would so guess he's I, Guardian, even if he's not Brabant. But, that's what I'm hoping because yeah. I like that the like there's more races in Fab and I I don't know just is, having a is regular brute, I mean, is brute a like, race or is it a class? Levia is it? I think it's brute I think it's race. Both. He he's say I think Dex's point is it should just be a class and you can have brutes that are of any race. Yeah. I, I agree with but that. But also, I kind of like the Savage Lands, so I would be pretty excited for another, like, Savage Land homie. They're all six new heroes? They said that I don't already? Think it's, I don't they say think it's six new, but I, I don't know. I'm going to see what comes out at five tomorrow, and then we'll go from there. If it's a reprint of Reinar, which is kind of what it sounded like, um, in, yeah. you know, from what I gleaned from the Arsenal Pass, uh, yeah, from the episode last week. I don't know. Then I will love it personally. It might it, it might just be Reinar, but he says different text, which I would be I, I guess what I want when I say I want new heroes is I want new hero text. I don't want Reinar to get his third reprint. Oh. Do they do do they give Arachne two for Reinar? Where it's Reinar different title, young only, different hero text? But there's going to be an adult. Not necessarily. There wasn't for second Arachne in Outsiders. I, right, but I, I think there's, I swore there's they six said adult there's heroes adult. coming. There are six adult heroes? Yeah, I think yes. there's six adult heroes. Okay. So interesting. I uh, There's also only three sets this year, so... Oh, really? Three yes. sets... They announced that when they showed their competitive play map for the year. Hmm. Three sets, so there's 15 set for... heroes? Yes. Okay. Which, those 15 heroes can include heroes from stuff like Round the Table. Yeah. So then you could have like but a set of six, it's... a set of six, and like a set of something smaller, or and then... Six, um... five, and four, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so this set is for PT 
uh, LA. They have a set for Nationals and PT Amsterdam, and then a set for uh, Worlds. Because Nats and yeah. PT Amsterdam are like back to back almost. I, I think that's actually super cool because it makes the PTs and Worlds draft formats seem like super special in that way. Um, and it gives yeah. every set of that's a whole different topic, but it's it's all yeah. very exciting to me. All right. All right. I think I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, thank you so much for the call. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Other than that. Did it end? Other than that. Oh, did it end? Oh, no. <laughs> Frick. That's, oh. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the part where Kevin takes your butt and drags you into a different room. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> No, no, we're gonna have Dex on Bye. for the outro. No, we're gonna, we're doing the outro anyways. This video's already gone on really sure. long. Thank you, Dex. Uh, so Dex, since you know our outro so well because you watch all our videos, we'll let you mm -hmm. go ahead and say the classic outro that we say at the end of each of these. All right. <clears throat> Goodbye forever. <laughs> it was nice <laughs> while it lasted. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, I think that about wraps it up. Kevin, do you have any shout-outs? No. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be on next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>